You know, it is very rare for a congregation to have a great worship leader, and to have two is just over the top. And we are thankful for you, Brother Burke. Uh, tell you what, you have a real gift, and we appreciate it. Makes me a little nervous when he said, Mike Warner's going to preach this great, wonderful sermon. Let's not set the bar too high, you know. Set it a little lower. It's easy to get over. I got to tell you something, though. Uh, <laughs> this happened recently. You know, Paul had his thorn in the flesh. The Lord gave it to him lest he should be overly exalted. Think too much of himself. Forget that it really all depends on the Lord. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Ben had us all come out and meet with young people on Wednesday night. Forget the elders meeting. The elders are all going out and sit at the tables around with the young people and, and enjoy them. Let, let them get to know us and, and, and know each other. And we spread out. Don Faubus and I ended up at the same table with a couple of seniors and two or three other kids. And, of course, we're all talking. Where are you going to college? Where is this going to happen? Where, where are you going to do this? And, and uh, found out that one was going to go to A&M. Well, Don's been to A&M. Said, oh, you're an engineer. No, not an engineer. Uh, well, what did you do for a living before you retired? Well, I was, he was a veterinarian. Buzzard doctor. There's a story behind that. Ask him. Uh, then Don Faubus says, points to me, of course, all of you know what he did, and not one knew. <laughs> not one. Lest I should be overly exalted. Uh, no, I didn't have a clue. They probably wondered, how come they let that guy do the preaching all the time when Gary's gone and don't use somebody else? I mean, how come he gets to do it all? Very important point about we have our time. We have our time. And it's important that we do in our time what we're supposed to be doing. If you were listening carefully, and, and you know these verses from uh, John 15, I am the vine, Jesus says, you are the branches. You need to abide in me. They knew about a vineyard. They knew what that looked like. The vine is what you took care of. If the vine was strong and healthy, it put out these branches, and then the branches put out the fruit. Jesus said, I, I expect you to bear fruit. If you don't, and this is a pretty severe thing, you get cut off. You get severed. You need to abide in me, and you need to bear fruit. So we want to take, put it up there. We want to take fruit and kind of analyze it a little bit. There was a, a single guy in the grocery store. He was telling about this. He wasn't the greatest cook of all. And he, he thought one day, I, I want to make myself some tacos. So I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to get the ingredients. And, and he says he was surprised to learn that all the ingredients to make tacos were one, not in one place. <laughs> it looks like they would be. You know, he's thinking they, they, they ought to be. He said, so I'm having to run around the store, reverse engineer tacos. I know what a taco looks like here. And now I've got to think of all the things. What are the things that go into it that make this? This is what we're going to do with fruit today. I've been thinking about this. The Lord kind of put this on my heart. 
we're going to try to reverse engineer. I like to analyze things. I like to get real practical. So we're going to reverse engineer fruit. It starts off, number one, with your calling. Every one of us is called individually, personally, by Jesus, come follow me. I'm going to have to confess to you that in the era that I grew up in, I was taught, or at least I got this, we learned the teachings of Jesus, the laws, the rules of Jesus. It was important to us to know and to obey the rules of Jesus better than anybody else. That was, that was our task. That was our, that's what made us genuine. That's what made us authentic. People talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus, and I didn't really know what that meant. When the rabbi said, come follow me, it meant come be with me, stick with me like glue, go where I go, do what I do, listen to what I say, become like me, become like me. Guys, it's not enough just to know his teachings. We need to know him. We have been called to him. No sweeter name than the name of Jesus. He's the heart, the soul. He's the focal point of the great unfolding plan of God. We need not just to know his teachings and his doctrine. All that is a window into his heart. We need to know to be able to see with his eyes to hear with his ears, and to feel with his heart. Our calling is to come follow Jesus, to be a disciple, to be in the body, to be in the kingdom. And in recognition and celebration of that right now, they ask me, to conduct the Lord's Supper during this lesson. Get out your communion, if you would. I love how we're getting back to normal in so many ways. Not so much. But the point is, the focus. Always the focus. Jesus said to his disciples, I will not partake of this again until I take it new with you in the kingdom. It's a time for us to have a reunion and a remembrance and a celebration to honor the one who called us, who redeemed us, who saved us, who teaches us, who guides us who dwells in us. And so, Lord, we thank you. We do remember. We remember that you came in the flesh and gave yourself willingly to redeem us because we had no hope, we had no future, we had no life without you. And so, Lord Jesus, 
we remember. Amen. And then he said, this is my blood of the covenant, poured out for many for remission of sins. My blood of the covenant. Covenant was based on promises. And he sealed his promises with his own blood. So, Lord Jesus, our God, our Savior and our Redeemer, we remember the promises that you made to us. We also remember the promises that we make to you in this covenant, in the kingdom, sealed with your blood. Lord, we remember. Amen. be willing to thank you it all begins with your calling and your understanding of that and your response to that and the calling is to come follow me if any man would come after me let him take up his cross daily let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever would save his life shall lose it. Whosoever would lose his life for my sake, the same shall find it. That's from Luke 9. We leave, we leave it all behind. We follow him. He becomes dominant, predominant, the focus of everything. The second thing that's involved, I think, in, in the bearing of fruit, not only your calling, but then your gift, your talent that goes along with that. You know, some people seem to be born with a certain talent, a gift. In, they just have, Burke Brack was born into a family, well, was born into the Von Trapp family where they all were singing all the time <laughs> and carrying on. And he just, I told him one time, he said, you mean y'all didn't sing? I said, we weren't all born into the Von Trapp family. You know, we, no, we didn't all do that. That's a gift. So some just seem to, you're born into it. It's, it's just there all the time. Many are, seem to be developed later. You, you see them come along a little later that people didn't even know that they had or that they were going to be using. And, and here they begin to, they begin to show up. Some show up much later than that. Many are developed much later on. When you give yourself to Jesus and you die and you're buried with him in baptism, you receive the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> he gives you some gifts, 
some abilities. And I don't, ex I don't understand all that. I'll be the first one to say, I do not understand it. I just know it's true. I know that he makes us capable of doing things we couldn't do before. He guides, he teaches, he helps us grow. He doesn't take over and just manipulate us like puppets. He's inside helping. And our gifts come from the Lord. Um, look at Romans 12. Let's put that up there. Paul's talking here about those in Christ. He says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, he's using our own body. They didn't know a whole lot about anatomy in those days. Certainly not how the organs and glands and all of that work. They had no way, but they understood the function. We have our body has many members, and these members do not all have the same function. We understand that. They, 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 they do different things. So in Christ, here's the illustration, in Christ, though many, uh, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. Let me pause on that just a minute. Who determines the gift? God does. The Holy Spirit does. You don't get to decide, I wanted that gift. I coveted it. I didn't get it. I wanted to be sitting down here with the singers. They won't let me. <laughs> and that hurts my feelings considerably. But I have to learn to live with it. That gift I do not have. It just had, you know, you don't have it. So sit at the back and sing real low. It's kind of the... We might have all wanted a lot of different gifts. We got what the Lord, what the Holy Spirit decided we needed and was best for the body. Because you're going to notice your gift is not for you. It's for everybody else, for you to use. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, now here's something, here's getting real personal. If your gift prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. You see responsibility here? The Lord said, unto whom much is given, of him shall much be expected. And some of us, there's some people in here that are multi-talented. They have three or more gifts. Some of us just have one. That's not the point either. That, that's from the Lord. We're not choosing this. What is important is to see, here's what the Lord has given me, and here's what He expects me to use. And if I'm going to be a faithful steward, if I'm going to be a faithful disciple, then I need to get busy using it. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, you think of that as a gift? Oh, yes. There are encouragers among us, and we need them so badly. Then give encouragement. If it's giving, ability to give, yes. Some in here have a great heart for giving, and the Lord's 
blessed you and prospered you as you will. That's your gift. See that you use it wisely. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Whatever your gift is, use it. Now, your calling is to Jesus, to be in him, to abide in him. Your gift, your talent, is going to determine the direction of that service to a great extent. Yes, we all do a lot of things together. We, we gather here, we worship and everything. But your ministry, your talent, is going to point the way for that. That's going to determine the, what your ministry, what your service is going to look like. Then the third thing, your heart. And this is what powers it all. You have your calling, you've got your gift, but your heart. Oh, it's the key to everything, isn't it? Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life, they said a long time ago. Your heart, your heart. Oh, tell me, and I've told you, I've used this before, this is a, a great test. Tell me what you want. No, 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 no. I don't mean for lunch. What you want in life. You want your life to look like, to be all about. You want more than anything. It's the most important thing. It's the bottom line. It's, as we say, where the rubber meets the road. It's, no, the most ultimate thing. Tell me what you want. According to your calling, it's to honor and glorify Jesus the Christ. Paul wrote it in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Glorify God, therefore, in your body. And when your heart is there, when you seek first the kingdom, when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, then your heart's set. Jesus talked about that an awful lot. Over in Matthew 5, let's run that one up. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? Well, you, you know that's no, 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 no. We know that doesn't work. Or figs from thistles? <coughs> Likewise, every good tree bears fruit. Uh, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Let's see, we have a next one here, don't we? Is that it? Is that all we got on that one? Okay, that's good. What we have done so often is we look at a person's behavior and we see that it's wrong and we say, all right, you need to straighten up. You need to try harder. You need to put in more effort. You need to just do a better job, buckle down and do a better job. And we're just as wrong as we can be. What you're trying to do is take a rotten fruit and polish it up so it looks good. You know what's wrong? The tree's wrong. Don't just concentrate on the, the end result, the fruit. We got to go back here. Young man was having trouble. He was, his, some of his addictions were giving him a hard time. He raised in the church, in the kingdom, raised to know, goes to a counselor. What's wrong? He says, the problem is 
you don't have a Lord. Not truly. You know about Him. But you don't have Him. You have never really made Him Lord and Christ. We've got to deal with the tree rather than just the fruit. The fruit will take care of itself if the tree is healthy. That means you better look at your heart. You better get it right. You better see that it's, it's in the right place. It's doing, it's, you've got Jesus as the, as, as the focal point, as the, as the one who comes first. That it's not about me, but it has to be about him. You need to work on the tree. If your heart's right, you'll use your talent right. If your heart is wrong, you will use your talent wrongly. You'll use it to hurt people or exalt yourself. You know you will. Heard more than one person say, oh, I'll let it be all about me. I'll let it be about me. And if that's the case, then you're using it wrong. You've seen somebody take the truth of God's Word, and because his heart was wrong, he used it abusively. You've seen that. You've done that, maybe. Maybe we all have. And I assure you, if your heart is not right, you will use your talent to glorify yourself or to hurt other people. You'll be judgmental. You'll be self-righteous. You'll be selfish. Finally, your opportunity. Your opportunity. Your calling, your gift or talent, your heart, and then the opportunity. What's the opportunity? Huh? Those show up as people, both in the body and especially outside, that you can bless or serve, or help, or encourage. It's seeing a need and meeting it. It's seeing a wrong and righting it. It's seeing, seeing a need. What's wrong? What, what needs to be done here? Who's hurting? And beloved, they are everywhere. Because people are messed up. People are hurting. People are wounded. Their hearts are heavy. They're everywhere. One of the reasons we don't see them is because we all have our own agenda. Man, I've got things I've got to do. I've got to go here and then I've got, we're all busy, right? No, you need to open your eyes and open your heart and see what's in front of you. But most of all, you need to pray. Pray that the Lord will give you an opportunity, and He will. Pray that the Lord will put somebody in your life that you, that you can bless, help, encourage, that you can love, and He will. Now, how many of these things come from the Lord? Well, kind of all of them except our heart, and even that is something that He changes, isn't it? These are all gifts from God. I want to tell you about some gifts, some that I see here. 
And I'm going to name some names. It's not an exhaustive list by any means at all. There's Melanie Alexander, who even in that chair is a bright ray of sunshine and blessing everywhere she goes. There's the Weavers, who do such a great job in working with our young people. There's Randy Martin. Randy works with the babies. He's good at it. He loves it. You couldn't get him up here with a stick and a gun in his back. But he's good at that. That's his gift. It's his talent. There's Laurie Martin, who sings to her patients in the oncology lab. There's Jay and Carol Roberts, who just go around doing things for people and helping them out. There's Sandy Blaylock, who writes devotions that are inspired by the Holy Spirit himself. There's Phil Barrows, who just, you just have to leave Phil alone and turn him loose. And he does stuff, and we love him for it. There's John Scott, who quietly goes around finding somebody who needs help and just helps them. He'll drive them to lunch. He'll take them wherever they need to go. It's amazing. There's James Stanley, who just fills up a room with joy when he's around. There's Jim and Norma Fitzpatrick, who are just constantly behind the scenes doing things, helping people. Helping out. There's Jerry Lambert, who has a heart for the prison ministry and put together the, the uh, compassion ministry that we have going, where we, we call people that, that are in their homes. There's George Newberry, who drives the van for us and brings people here. There's Troy Thompson, who leads and ministers to our young professionals, just has a gift for doing that. It's so great. There's Darla Ard who is an angel to the men of Triumph Village, who does things that most of you wouldn't dream of doing. And I could go on and on. Barbara and I talked about this. She said, you probably shouldn't do that and put some names on there because some people might get hurt if they were left off. And I thought about that. And then I said, no, they won't. No, they won't. Because they don't do it to get recognized. As a matter of fact, those that have been named would rather not have been, probably. No, they won't get offended because they don't do it to get recognized. They do it for Him. Amen? Amen. We do it for Him. Nobody's going to go home with hurt feelings today. Not if their heart's right. The bearing of fruit shows up in a thousand ways. As a matter of fact, the Scripture says it's not limited just to the fruit of the Spirit that we read, you know, love, joy, peace, and all that kind of thing. Ephesians 5, 9 says, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. It's anything that's good. You know why? Because... Our God is good. 
Our purpose in life is to bear fruit for Him, to honor Him. We want to do that. But Jesus said, only if you abide in me. And so we come to the, naturally to the invitation. We have, a, we have a tradition of that, don't we? We do it different ways. But it means you need to make sure your heart's right. You need to be answering the call. Oh, you're being called. No doubt about that. If you, hasn't, if you haven't answered it, he's still calling. If we can pray with you, the elders, ministry staff are going to be scattered around. Just walk back there to them and tell them, pray for me. Here's something I'm struggling with. I'm hurting. I'm worried. I'm anxious. Just, they'd be glad to just put their arm around you and just pray with you for a minute. We're here for you. If we can minister to you, help you in your, answer your calling and obeying the gospel, we're here. We're here for you. Let's stand.